0: This episode is brought to you by Weight Inclusive Innovator's newest offering, the Accountability Club. Are you struggling to find time to work on your business and need some accountability? The Accountability Club is a space for Weight Inclusive Innovators to dedicate time each month to work on their business. In this space, you'll be in a supportive community with like-minded professionals, completing those $1,000 tasks that keep falling to the back burner and are keeping you from leveling up in your business. Registration is now open, and it actually closes at the end of this week for our Q1 cohort happening in January, February, and March of 2023. There's three parts that come with the Accountability Club. Do the work with two monthly co-working sessions, get support with one monthly group business coaching session, and be in community through our private Slack channel and weekly check-ins. Head to weightinclusiveinnovators.com slash accountability dash club to register today for our beta round pricing. We're in this together to make weight inclusive care more accessible, and it starts with our businesses. We only have eight spots left, so be sure to register before the end of the week.
1: Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name is Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians,
0: entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things.
1: From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business the good and the messy.
0: We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are answering the questions that you asked us in our very first Ask Us Anything mailbag episode. But before we dive into your questions about our businesses and lives, we're gonna check in with Morgan as we do. Hey, Morgan. Hello, hello. What's on your mind this week with your business? What's what's your high and low?
0: Well, as we're recording this, it's the week after Thanksgiving. And this week officially kicks off three weeks of chaos for me in my life, in my business. And so it snuck up on me. I was not expecting it to be this busy this quickly, but there's just something about like those three weeks after Thanksgiving, exiting that holiday, moving into the next holiday season that is just so odd. In my world, everyone's trying to like get stuff done as quickly as possible so it's all ready to be launched by the new year. But then I feel like kind of corporate America vibes is no one gets any work done during this time period because so many people are on holiday or taking vacation or whatever. And so it's just like this weird mixture of of lots of things. So, what these 3 weeks look like for me. Is combination of social and business. And I, I am mean, the first to admit that I way overbooked myself. So I am finishing up quite a few client projects. The amount of clients that I'm working with right now is more than I've worked with this whole year. So that's just I love it, but it's busy. Woo. And on top of that, it it I have my niece's first birthday party this weekend. I'm hosting a baby shower this weekend. I leave for New York City on Monday. So I'm essentially out of office all next week because I'll be in New York City with Super Bill. I fly back. We have the needle walk Saturday morning. I'm hosting a karaoke night Saturday night. I'm going to the Nutcracker on Sunday. And then Monday, the day that this is going live, me and Courtney Vickery are kicking off our rockin' website refresh for five days. So I literally have something happening every single day until December 16th. And it is currently November 30th. Uh I know.
1: That's a lot. It is. It also sounds very fun. Like there's a lot of good things in there.
0: There is. And that's why I'm like, I I feel like tug of war with it because it's all super exciting. I need to just take like two hours and sit down and like write out detailed things to do. Cause there's just like lots of little moving pieces everywhere. And so my brain is a little more jumpy than Oof. usual. And my brain's already really jumpy. So I'm like, I don't need this, but I will say today I had, I time blocked things like like very intentionally, I have an hour and a half dedicated to this thing, an hour and a half dedicated to this other thing. My phone was away. My laptop was on do not disturb. Like I was, my emails were closed. I was very intentional, um, about this dedicated time. And it was so helpful. I had such a solid morning of work and was like driving. I, I was at my co working space, was driving to go get my afternoon coffee, and just felt so calm, which is not how I was feeling yesterday and Monday. I was feeling chaotic as fuck. So to have that little moment of peace and calmness felt so good.
1: Sometimes I think our body our body and our minds are forced into that place. It's almost like radical acceptance. of like, fuck, this is busy. And I can only take this one present moment at a time and... If I stay in this chaotic place the whole time, even this, even though this is really chaotic, I I can't. And so I, I love that you had a little inkling of peace. And I hope you have more of those moments because I think you're just gonna have to take it a day at a time.
0: Yeah. One of my I was co-working with a friend on Monday and I was telling her just like about how busy the season is gonna be. And she I still need to do this, but she had recommended choosing a like word for each of my events that I had going on in order to like, whenever I started feeling overwhelmed, to be able to like use that word to like ground me and bring me back to like the present moment. And so I loved that idea. I haven't made time for it yet, but I'm, I mark my words. I'm going to do it today because I have a little bit of time after this.
1: Perfect. Wait, let's start with one. Like, what would you say about your New York trip? What's going to be your word?
0: Oh, okay. Put on, put me on the spot let's see. The first word that comes to mind is adventure, which is one of my values, but I think I can, I, I, that doesn't feel like totally, I think, I think of adventure because it's traveling. Um, I had to pick a word for New York. It would be connection
1: Hmm.
0: because I'm going to meet the Superbill team in real life for the first time. We're all getting together to meet up.
1: Yay. Do you want to know what my word for you was?
0: Oh yeah. Tell me what was your word? Bagel. Uh, I like that word too. That can be, that can be a secondary word.
1: Love it. Okay. (laughs) Eat a really bomb ass bagel while you're there, please. I will. I will. I will. What about you? What were your highs and lows of this last week? Well, it was a pretty exciting week over here. I had a couple big things going on. One was I gave my third presentation ever for EDRD Pro and talked about insurance.
0: And you absolutely crushed it. Literally, I like my I was looking at my calendar and it was 1215 and I was like, oh, I had EDR Pro webinar and like jumped on as quickly as I possibly could. It was so, so good. And I and I've heard you talk about insurance before. We've talked about insurance on the pod, and you were just so in your element on that episode. Not on the (laughs) episode, so in your element in that webinar, like it was incredible. And you had a freaking nineteen questions. So clearly, what you were talking about resonated with people.
1: Thank you for saying that. You know, it's funny. Um, One, I literally finished developing the presentation this week because I worked to the wire and I did a poll on my Instagram too. And there was like 50 people who responded. Most people were also working to the wire. And I'm like, yes, those are my peeps. I don't know how people work ahead. I don't work well without pressure. And as I was making the presentation, I was falling into this place of like, is this even helpful? What do people want to know? It's almost like my brain can't accept like what you did was good enough. And it was awesome. And so as I was speaking to things, you know, I do a really good job of storytelling and conceptualizing things and bringing the stoke and the energy. And I I felt that today and I was glad. And before I started, I was actually a bit nervous because I didn't know if I had enough content for 90 minutes, Um, but I ended up having plenty of content and then questions to answer for folks. But I feel like when we talk about insurance issues and the presentation was troubleshooting insurance issues. It's hard because I can't give people definitive answers of this is happening. Do this. It's like, you can try this and it still may not get resolved. And so my intention with the presentation was to like give permission of, you know, if you can't figure this out, sometimes you have to accept it or we need to do changes on the policy level. And I just know there was people from different stages of taking insurance. There were 60 people there. That's incredible. Spain. Um, So, I just, I don't know. I always worry that I want to do a good job and I want to do its diligence to speak to important things and give people the information they want. So, I put a lot of pressure on myself to deliver. And then, but part of having ADHD is also like it feels like everything I do is never enough, which is so sad and icky to say. But I do appreciate you saying that it was awesome and I hope, I hope it was helpful. It was well, fun. I think there's, I, and I think there's two, and I know I fall
0: into this a lot where you talk about insurance all the time with me, with your business coaching clients in general. Like this was your third EDRD Pro webinar, second one on insurance, right? Yep. I think sometimes we forget because we talk about it so much, we forget that other people don't have access to our brains. 24 yes. seven. And so even though we're like, Oh, uh, like, was that enough? Is that what they wanted? Did I provide value? I think it feels like that sometimes because we talk about it so much. Like I know I get in this headspace too, with marketing of like, well, everyone can find this information on the internet. Like I talk about this all the time. Like, um, what if I'm not telling them anything like new or relevant or exciting? And then I was like, no, Morgan, that's because like your brain literally thinks about this all the time and no one can read your brain. Like, unless they have like sat with you through coaching or through a webinar, like they don't know this information.
1: You are so right. And that definitely tracks with where my brain was at too. When things are so easy for you to talk about, because it's your livelihood and the work you do, you totally get into that trap of, Oh, people, people know this. I'm not going to be helpful. Like this is obvious. Right. And it's like, no people don't know. And so that was really affirming today with the amount of questions that came through. I'm feeling good after it. My throat's a little scratchy because I talked for <laughs> an hour and a half straight. And then I also had two business coaching clients after that. And now we're doing the pod. So if you hear me like hacking, I'm okay over here. The other awesome thing that I'm excited for is I have admin staycation next week. <gasps> so I'm not taking any meetings and I'm going to put an asterisk there. Cause I think I might meet with our apprentice. Um, just for accountability for me to list out all the things that I want to get done. And y'all are recording a podcast episode together next week. Yes, we will. That's the other thing too. So yeah, I'm excited to have no meetings. I'm chomping at the bit to get policy and backend stuff done and really reflect on next year. I'm working to promote one of my more um, senior leadership clinicians and we're going to salary her, which is huge. Because right now we do everything hourly and that's the safest thing to do in a group practice, but it's time to take some risks and do some delegation and we're going to give it a shot. So I'm excited about figuring all that out next week. Ah, so excited for you. Where are you going? Nowhere. Oh, I know. That's a staycation. Oh, stay. You
0: said staycation. That
1: didn't register with me. I was like Um,
0: adventure in the mountains.
1: (laughs) I thought about it. I thought about getting a cabin, but I realize that part of this staycation is going to be visionary time of just existing, which is what I really need. And so it felt in the last hour more stressful to try to figure out somewhere to go, just to go somewhere versus being really intentional about it. So that's where I will be doing a staycation and I will be hiding my phone from myself and getting some shit done at coffee shops all over Denver.
0: Oh, that sounds incredible. I can't wait to check in about that. Yes. Next time we're together. Cause we won't be together next week.
1: Oh yeah, we won't. Cause mm-hmm. I'll be recording with Caitlin and you'll be living your best bagel life in New York. Correct. Yes. I will say a quick low this week is just <laughs> continued through my grad school program. Um, I'm in the final stretch. I have literally one assignment left and then an exam, and I'm dragging ass on this assignment. And it was actually, it's due tomorrow technically, but she pushed it to Saturday. So now I'm going to drag ass even more (laughs) and not do it until Saturday. So that's where I'm at.
0: You're so close to being done. You're almost done with this freaking class.
1: (laughs) Are you ready to dive into this week's episode? I sure am. Let's do it. So we wanted to try something different today and have an episode where you can ask us anything about our businesses, lives, whatever you guys want to know within reason. Obviously we have boundaries and things, but we are just curious about where your brains are at, the things you want to know and utilize it as a way for us to make better content that's relevant to you. And so here we are with questions.
0: Yeah, I feel like whenever we plan our podcast episodes, a lot of it are things that we like to talk about or that have come up in business coaching sessions with us. And so I feel like kind of hitting the mark, like we have some data to back up the usefulness of the episodes we record. But I also feel like sometimes we're just like throw spaghetti noodles at the wall and be like, I hope this lands with them. I hope they like this. And so that was one of the intentions of us doing this was. Just seeing if there were any questions or any topics that we haven't answered yet on the pod, because we're, this is episode 55, not including our community notes. We just wanted to hear where y'all were at and what kind of questions y'all had for us. And most of them are business related to be expected. This is a business podcast, but there are a few little personal questions in here, which I always appreciate.
1: And if you're listening to this episode and you're like, oh, I missed where I could submit a question or I, I really have a question I want to ask, feel free to email it to us, message us on Instagram, and we'll pull them for the next one we do.
0: Yes, we plan on doing these periodically just to kind of use them as little pulse, pulse check-ins. You ready for question number one? Hit me. What are your favorite topics to talk about in the season of owning a business?
1: I love this question. And the themes of things I find myself talking about and getting jazzed on are leadership and group practice and finances. Those are my big three that feel really fun and exciting because I feel like I have them locked down. There's always room for growth and changing and becoming more competent, but. It's a lot of the conversations I'm having within my business coaching, and it's things I'm thinking about for my own multiple businesses, and it's just giving me life to talk about those things. I like the
0: topics in this season, all kind of center around the theme of like challenging the status quo. Mm. The one that keeps coming to mind specifically is... I'm a firm believer that you don't need social media in order to have a thriving business. Agree. But I think there's something really important about having a, I'm going to call it a social strategy, not necessarily just social media, but our industry is so connected. There's so much collaboration that there has to be some social aspects of the business To have a solid marketing strategy. And so I've just been thinking about that a lot of like what that looks like and what that can look like for different personalities and different kind of like different Enneagram types.
1: I think that's so cool. And it makes a lot of sense. And it also gives people hope who are like, fuck social media. I don't want to be on there. I don't want to be on reels. I don't want to do this. It gives them another opportunity to have connections and a successful business without having to utilize things like Instagram.
0: So I would say that's probably my favorite topic. If I had to narrow that down even more, it would be networking.
1: Do you like talking about networking or do you like doing networking or both?
0: Both. I I love networking. I love meeting people. I love small talk with people, but I also really enjoy talking about networking and not like your stereotypical, like go to a networking event and talk with random strangers, but more so like the intentionality of reaching out to either someone that you have like wanted to connect with or someone that you have collaborated with in the past or a opportunity to kind of take the next step of maybe a a change of path in your business.
1: Ooh. and
0: like prioritizing yourself and your wants and your needs as a business owner and taking those small steps of like sending an email to someone and you know you might not hear back from them and that's okay uh but there's so much power of like reaching out and asking yes. for what you want
1: and just taking action too and taking action yeah gonna, if you don't send that email right you got to shoot your shot
0: shoot your shot shoot or shoot
1: also, I fucking hate small talk. I'm so awkward. What? I seriously, I hate small talk and I hate the attention being on me. Those and that those two things kind of go together and always surprise people. But I want to like dive in deep right away and talk with people who can meet me there. Like, okay. that's, I can't do like oh, the weather. And I know that's not exactly what you're speaking to with small talk, but I'm correct. Just, <laughs> I avoid some things sometimes if I think that it's going to be small talk. so i will just
0: gonna that. Through. So I was about to call you out because I was like, you might not like small talk, but you're really good at it as evidenced by hostile living in Costa Rica. But then I think about it and like the conversations we had with people, like we didn't really do small talk. We kind of dove right into deeper topics
1: and if I did small talk with somebody, I quickly walked away after because I was like, I can't maintain this conversation. I'm bored
0: unless you were stuck playing pool with them
1: oh yeah yeah <laughs> there were a
0: few of those instances but it was like a group like yes. a group effort
1: and then you're doing an activity too so it's not so sure. intense versus if like you're sitting across from somebody having small talk and then I'm just like oh my god I want to run away
0: oh my ideal small talk situation is a group of 10 to 15 folks who have at least one kind of common denominator. And everyone has a beverage in their hand and they're able to like walk around and mix and mingle.
1: I see that and I'm envisioning it. I can't relate. <laughs> That's okay. Unless it's something like climbing or, cause I'm even thinking about going to a networking event for our work and mm-hmm. a lot of it plays out that way, but sometimes I, and maybe it's just, sometimes I like get sick of talking about our work as we all do go through waves. Um, totally. then it's like, uh. This is what connects us all, but I kind of want something outside of work life to connect me. I don't know. That's fair. Our next question, and there's no order to these. They're so random. Someone asked us, I have a non-compete from a previous employer and I want to open my own practice. What should I do? This is holding me back.
0: Fucking non-competes.
1: Okay. May I get on my soapbox?
0: Do it. Give it to us.
1: Okay. Group practice owners. Stop it. I know it feels protective to do a non-compete. And I have been there. I have done a non-compete and it is very fear-based. It does not hold up in court and you cannot enforce it. If you don't do a non-compete and you hire the right people, people will stay. Having that non-compete is not going to stop anybody from opening their own practice if they want to. And so speaking to this question asker, it's not going to hold up. It doesn't make sense. It's very fear-based. And if you want to have your own practice, you should. And I would say that to any of my clinicians at my practice too. If they want to have their own practice, they should. Uh, So I've
0: always been told, specifically in Texas, that non-competes don't hold up. I did do some research on this question very briefly. And it said that they can. There's certain, like, because technically, like, I imagine this non-compete is probably in a contract that you signed. I think if someone got really creative with the way it was worded, potentially, but I also believe that most states won't enforce a contract that like prohibits someone from working in a craft that they're skilled in.
1: Exactly. And I think the biggest issue isn't even about this question. I think it's just how we're approaching our industry and building businesses and there's so many employers that don't do non-competes. Like you can work at a hospital, and they're not going to be like you can't work in the state of wherever because you need to be here. I think if a lot of people sat and reflected, they would realize it's not values aligned.
0: Oh, t- t- totally agree with that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean for that comment to come across. I'm very anti non-compete as well.
1: Oh, I wasn't. <laughs> no, I'm with you, and you know, I'm calling myself out, a, f- a former version of myself where I did non-competes. So I'm not coming in here hot being like, "Oh my god, non-competes. I'm fucking done them." But it feels a lot more peaceful to trust people and to trust that either they're going to stay or they're going to go. And if they have their own private practice, what does that actually mean?
0: I also would love to know how many people, how many like group practice owners have non-competes and if someone left their practice and opened up another business, like how many of them have actually pursued legal action?
1: I'm not sure how many take legal action, but I would say that's a waste of resources if they do, when it is much better to be fine tuning your business, get rid of people that don't want to be there, hire the right people that do and build them up. That's a much better use of resources.
0: I also just, and this might be kind of a hot take, but I just can't imagine being so spiteful towards someone in our industry that would literally prevent them from working a job that they love because it just it just doesn't make sense to me like i i can see where that initial thought was of having a non compete it is a fear based mindset though like that's just ooh mm-hmm.
1: yeah and again we're naming all this not calling anybody out just giving our hot takes and opinions and like i said i have been there person who asked the question I think that you have options. One, you could talk to your employer, whether you're still there or previous and just say, hey, is this flexible? Like what is going on here? Or you can say, hey, I want to be kind and just let you know I am opening my own practice and wanted to let you know out of respect. But you also don't owe them anything. That too. Question
0: number three. Are you where you thought that you would be in, I'm going to say two years for me, five years for you into running our businesses?
1: I had no idea where the F I was going to be five years ago. I had no idea that I could grow my group practice to nine people. I now know that that's obviously possible and can see into the future, which is really cool. We're going for 13. And I had no idea I was going to do consulting. I had no idea I was going to do so much speaking. And I had no idea I was going to do a podcast. So absolutely fucking not. What about you?
0: I am not where I thought I would be in two years. I truthfully thought I was going to be a lot farther along than I am now, which is, you know, I, it is, it's the journey. I imagined I would be more financially stable that I would have more passive income revenue streams coming in, that I would be uh, closer to buying a house, hmm. which also buying a house as a sink that's also an entrepreneur is really fucking hard. I know you did it, and I don't know what kind
1: of voodoo magic was happening in your world when you did this. Privilege and parents who help you with your down payment. Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: and I also like, I'm so particular about the areas that I, the area of Houston that I want to live in and the area that I want to buy a house in is more expensive than pretty much any other area. So I also just the, I didn't quite realize how expensive it actually was until I started looking into buying houses. And I don't know if it's like this in Colorado, but in Texas, you have to, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to provide three years worth of Income statements. And so I think yep. that's where it gets me, where I'm like, okay, like my business is growing. But if two years from now they were to look at my 2022 revenue, they'd be
1: like, you're not buying a house. <laughs> also, let me be clear I have a condo and it was relatively affordable for Denver. And I bought in February 2021. So it was a time where the market was high, but it wasn't bananas. And I got a, I would say a pretty decent, fair deal. Um, if I were to, I, there's no fucking way I will ever buy a house. And I actually kind of don't want a house. That seems like a lot of work and a lot of upkeep. And I love, I kind of love being in a building with other people and especially I have cool neighbors. So that's really nice. And I like being in the city. And if I wanted a house in the city, I would have to pay a million dollars and I don't think that's worth it.
0: Yeah. Nor that's about house. where we're, That's about where I'm at too. Like houses in the area that I want or like 750 to a million for what? I know. And I think there's just like some naive part of me. That's like, I can afford that. And obviously I can't maybe one day, but not today.
1: I appreciate you sharing that you're not where you want to be because it also lets other people know they're not alone. If they're not where they want to be. And that's really normal. Like you can't, you don't know what you don't know. It takes time to build things up. I feel like my situation is abnormal with how quickly my practice grew. And I think it was also a time where it's like an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Time opportunity of I jumped into group practice, made it work. Other people wanted to do what I was doing. I can help them. I have the skills like it all kind of laid out for me very quickly. And I don't think that's normal. And I don't take that for granted either, but it's not normal.
0: Do you remember whenever, I think I've read it on here, if not, I for sure did in the business workshop, the vision that I wrote of like having a house in the Heights and being with a partner and this whole shebang. I actually wrote that in November of 2020 when I was going through like a leadership program. Was it a leadership program? It was was some sort of like self-growth program. And That vision is still my vision, but I just keep moving the year back three years. And I'm like, one day I'm going to get this in 2020. It would have been 2023 was when I was envisioning it. And so it's like, I think I wrote, I'm like, when I'm 30 years old and now it
1: reads when I'm 33 years old. (laughs) I mean, Hey, there is merit in knowing what you want. I think that's fucking awesome. I have no idea what I want. I can't even envision my future. I know that sounds fucked up, but yeah, no idea. I'm just going to keep going in the day to day and see what Love happens, that. I guess. I know what I like to do and how I want to spend my time, but I don't know my life trajectory. So
0: I'm going to ask you question four because you're the only one that's going to be able to answer this. <laughs> what is. Advice that you have on knowing when it's time to expand your practice and how to choose a great fit?
1: Just to clarify, do you think the second part of that question is like choose clinicians who are a great fit? I think so. Okay. So this is a really good question. And I first want to ask Do you want a group practice? And I know that sounds silly, but I think it's important for informed consent for people to know what they're getting into, why they're doing what they're doing, what they're doing, and not to look at it as, oh, I'll just bring on other clinicians and make more money. That is absolutely a fucking horrible reason to (laughs) expand to a group, even though there's some truth there of like, you can increase your revenue and make more money because you are growing your business and you are stepping into leadership, but it's really hard It is the hardest thing ever done. Managing people is hard, even with a fucking excellent team like my team. I don't have an answer necessarily. I just have more questions for you of do you want this? Because if you do, now's the time. I would say, from a logistics standpoint, if your caseload is full, you continue to have referrals come in, you have some solid referral sources, you're ready to take a step back as a clinician and do more business development. Those are all really good signs to me. It's time to expand your practice. And you also need to look at the market. So, is your area in demand or whatever you're looking at building? Because obviously, virtual is an option now. Is there a demand for services that you can meet by expanding your practice? Because let's say you're in rural Iowa you want to be on the ground, brick and mortar, only in person, and you're not getting a steady flow of clients because the area is small, then it probably doesn't make sense to become a group practice, right? But if you're in a major city or you're looking to expand multiple states, X, Y, Z, and there's opportunity there, I'd say go for it. The only
0: thing that I would add, and I don't know if you're, if you're going to get to like choosing a great fit or not, um, this is actually a piece that I work on in the brand strategy side of things because I think it's really important to make sure that your business has a really solid foundation, that you have a clear vision for where you're wanting to grow to, that you have your business values set up. That way you can bring someone onto the team that is in alignment with those values and make sure that that they are also able to understand your vision for the practice and be in agreement with that's how. That's how growth lo- or that's what growth looks like for you.
1: You nailed it. Exactly. I would say, on a more interviewing and personality and desire level, from the person you're interviewing to bring on, you want to find somebody who doesn't want their own practice. Because again, if they want their own practice, they should totally do it. They need to go for it. You don't want to hold them back. You know what it's like to be an entrepreneur and want to do that? You're just going to build resentment on both sides. So I asked that question in not a Fear based way of you can't want your own practice if you work here. Okay. It's more, hey, if you want this, I think you should go for it. And I've interviewed people and said that. And they're like, you know what? You're right. I want to have my own practice. And they did it. And I felt good about it. Everybody felt good all around because it saved me the headache of onboarding someone and then having to offboard them. And it also allowed this person the opportunity they really wanted. So what I always look for in people is, like Morgan said, in alignment with. My values, personal and as a company, which aren't different, and also someone who really complements the business. So, I want to do leadership, strategy, CEO stuff. And I need people who want to be clinicians and do the client work, do their admin work, go home at the end of the day, and they're content with that. And so, I'm looking for those clinicians who want work life balance, who want to show up when they're required to be here and really show up for their clients, take care of themselves outside of this. And like, do something different in the world. If you could try anything without consequences in your business, what would you try?
0: If I could try anything without consequences in my business, I think it would be renting out my apartment for another three-month stint and moving abroad for that time period.
1: That seems totally attainable. You
0: should do that. It is attainable, but I, there are consequences. And the question was, if I could do anything without consequences and that would be it.
1: What are the consequences?
0: Not knowing if my landlord will let me rent out my apartment. The fear of if I actually want to pursue that, would I have to like break my lease or move? Cause I'm not ready to leave my studio. I love my studio. I can't see myself living anywhere else until I purchase a house. And I mean, there were a lot of hard things about living in Italy for three months that there's just like a lot of homesickness, a lot of life events that I missed out on, which I knew was going to happen. Most of them I knew was going to happen whenever I moved over there. And it was something that I was willing to go for. But I, you know, it, you ha- I have taken consideration, like things that I will be missing being away from, like my whole family's in Houston. So being away from them for three months.
1: That is a consequence. What about you? I have two, one similar to yours where I would go abroad and jump around for a year. And in that time, I would also take six months off and there's major consequences to that. I can't do that. One, I have a dog and two, I have a life here. And three, I would have to work really hard to get my business into a place and talk with my team about them running it while I'm gone. And I'm just not there yet. I'm too in it. And I think it's more fantasy thinking as well. I think after two months, I'd be like, I'm ready to go back. So my brain is just on a little bit of a vacation desirability fantasy situation right now. Are
0: they ever not?
1: I know. I know. (laughs) We're dreamers, dreaming and scheming. The other thing I would do with no consequences is I would open a nourished blank, like every state nourished Texas, nourished Washington, I would blow this shit up in a good way of giving dietitians places that they can enjoy working, having small teams on the ground in every state, but there's major consequences as far as like the return on investment versus the amount of work that that takes. And so if you ever wonder why people don't expand to multiple locations or they only grow to a certain size, they're considering that piece and also family feel and wanting to be small as far as not go corporate so but i think it'd be fucking cool to try to do that we might try another location or two in the future but we'll see
0: this one's really short and sweet what's your favorite holiday movie
1: okay you know how i feel about favorites it's so hard it depends on my mood but i really do like die hard and i also like Mm -hmm. love actually You're a diehard as a holiday movie person. It gives me so much adrenaline. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if I care about if it's a holiday movie or not. I know that there's Christmas lights and holiday stuff. And I, that movie makes me sweaty. And I like that. I like the adrenaline. All right.
0: You said that one. And then the other one was love. Actually. I love movies where it's a bunch of different storylines and they all intertwine. Love actually is a good, is a good one. My favorite, also my favorite holiday movie is The Holiday. Ah, that is a good one. My favorite. It's my favorite movie, like, period. Not necessarily just holiday movie, but happens to be a holiday movie, too.
1: Did you watch that one together? Did we? In America City?
0: Probably. I have it on my laptop. Yeah. Literally downloaded on my laptop at all times. Carry on. <laughs> And then my favorite, like, dedicated Christmas movie is the Santa Claus with Tim Allen?
1: <laughs> a classic. Made in, what? Nineteen ninety
0: eight, I think.
1: Now that you said that, I'd like to change my answer to Annabelle, the <gasps> cow that wanted to be the reindeer. That really? was my favorite. That was my favorite Christmas movie as a kid.
0: Oh, I love that Christmas movies just hit different when you're kids.
1: Uh, surely, yes, they do. Absolutely.
0: Did you ever watch the? Uh, Sesame street Christmas
1: series. I wasn't a Sesame street kid. I don't know how I missed that, but that was was like, when I think of like childhood
0: memories of Christmas time, like that's it.
1: Next question. How do you both navigate a scarcity mindset? How it shows up? How do you get out of it? How do you feel secure in your business?
0: I give myself pep talks. That's what I, that is like the best thing. It's like a fake it till you make it mentality for me that I I have to like trick my brain into, into that. But for me, scarcity mindset shows up kind of alongside comparison trap where I see really cool things that other people are doing. And then I get FOMO. And then I get in the headspace of like, why didn't you think of that? They're doing it better than you, yada, yada. And I literally just like, Tell myself, I'm like, no, Morgan, stop that. You are capable, you are creative. There is space for everybody in this field. And if you have to put your blinders on and you have to meet people on social media for a little bit in order to like get into your creative zone and be able to create stuff for your business, then so be it.
1: I just want to name that none of us are immune to this scarcity mindset and fear-based thoughts. It's a way that our anxieties keep us safe and play it out and try to unhelpfully motivate us. And that's what I always come back to when I'm having a thought around comparison or scarcity is, is this helpful? And the answer is no. The biggest way that it shows up for me is when I'm hiring people and starting to fill up a new caseload, which is funny because all of my business coaching clients, same thing. They're like, Three or four or five clinicians in, they're like, How am I going to fill this person? And I'm like, You literally filled the last one to three. You're good. (laughs) But it still happens for me too, even though I have the data. And again, referring back to one of the questions earlier about like looking at the market, we have plenty of referrals coming through and we can fill people up, but it's just, it always sneaks in when it's a vulnerable time. And hiring for me is really vulnerable. And when I have to fill somebody up and there's an expectation, that feels really vulnerable. And that's when those thoughts, the scarcity really sets in for me. So to navigate it is I ask if it's helpful and I also challenge it and do a little bit of CBT and I journal a lot because nothing feels worse than having that feeling stuck in you. And when I can take a pen to paper and get it out and look at it, I'm like, oh, okay, it's no longer the demon inside of me.
0: I love that. That helps me too, of like getting it out of my head and onto paper. And I'm like, that's there for me whenever I have the time to go reflect on it. All my thoughts are waiting there for me to be able to go and reflect on it, but that's not helpful right now. So that's going to have to stay on that sheet of paper. And then my brain needs to go focus on something else. Exactly. And then our last question, do you have any regrets about being a multi-entrepreneur, multi-passionate entrepreneur? And what might you have done differently up to this point?
1: The first thing that comes to mind is I have the regrets more of not doing things in general rather than doing things. So I definitely don't regret being a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I love everything I'm doing. I do regret, however, not staying focused in one area for a long period of time. Like I always think about how... The group practice, quote unquote, could be further along than it is, or I could have delegated sooner and then focused just on my consulting. But the reality is you can't just arrive somewhere that you want to be. You have to go through all these steps. And that means maybe your attention is not always focused in one place and you can feel regretful of that. But I don't regret any of the opportunities that I've taken. Sometimes I regret grad school, but I'm just kidding because it's great But when it's hard, I'm like, why am I doing this? Um, But I don't, I don't experience a lot of regrets in my life, honestly, because I think even the hard stuff, it's, I don't want to be like, it's happening for a reason, but you move through it and you learn and no regrets, no regrets, no regrets.
0: You're like in my brain overall, no regrets because I have the same mentality of you, when it comes to business stuff like I am a believer that everything happens for a reason in business um more so than like other areas of my life at least because I think there's there's a lot of alignment in the universe that comes with business being an entrepreneur putting yourself out there in that capacity. That is not to say that I there are not days that I regret doing this, being a multi-passionate entrepreneur specifically. There are some weeks that are just so chaotic and I have like analysis paralysis of looking at my schedule and being like, what did I even get myself into? And I don't even know if I would have done things differently, but I would say something that I'm constantly mindful of is making sure that I am not in a season of intense growth in all of my business at the same time. Mm. There is usually one that is on the back burner and in order to kind of call that one, I kind of think of it as like a, I'm going to throw a sports analogy at you. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's like a basketball team where you have what, 20 players on the team, but only five of them are on the court at a time. And it's kind of like that where like, if I want to add another player to the court, I have to take one off and they have to be benched.
1: Okay. You I follow it. You can, can follow that one. That example, I can tolerate it.
0: Yeah. So if there's like 20 business ideas or 20 projects happening, which I do not have 20, that's a lot. So don't, that's not the the measuring stick. But in the analogy, like if there were 20 business ideas or 20 projects happening, I would only be focusing on growth for five of them. And some of the other ones have to just sit on the bench and wait to be, wait to be called into the game. We hope you enjoyed this first episode of our mailbag, Ask Us Anything. As Hannah mentioned in the beginning, if you have more questions, feel free to email them to us, send them to us in our DMs at Weight Inclusive Innovators on Instagram, and we will be sure to add them to the next Ask Us Anything episode. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to The Pod on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review, share with a business bestie, sign up for the Accountability Club, and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye.